All right, now I want to welcome in the former voice of the UVM Catamount basketball team. It's Dave Kane, who previously was with UVM, with the Vermont Lake Monsters. Then he went on to the University of Virginia, called a national title for the UVA men's basketball team. Now he's the voice of the Milwaukee Bucks of the NBA, the defending NBA champions. So, Dave, thanks for being with us up early on this Saturday for Championship Saturday. Appreciate the time. Yeah, my pleasure. Who's got it better, man? I'll tell you, I get to do UVM, then I get to call a national title, and now I get to call the games for the world champs. I'm feeling good, but always good to go back to my my days at Vermont. Had a great time in my time at uh, Burlington. Well, before we kind of go down memory lane, I got to go, I got to tell you a little story of my own here. So the last time we spoke, I was on a different frequency, but uh, in September of 2020, I got, got hired here at WDEV, and my boss here is Steve Cormier. I am told he's the guy who hired you back in the day in Burlington. Yeah, yeah. Corm was, in fact, he was one of the first people I think I met. I had uh, dinner with he and Coach. Yeah, Yeah. so Coach Brennan and I and and, and Corm went to Juniors. And I don't know if Juniors is still around. Is Juniors still around? Juniors, there's multiple Juniors, but Juniors in the original. Yeah, not around. Oh, man, that place was great. I, I love that place. But anyway, yeah, I, that was my first uh, foray into to the Vermont scene is was with those two characters. And so, you know, that kind of set the tone for getting some early morning calls from those guys when I first started out on their their morning show. And I'm not a morning guy. So, <laughs> the uh, yeah, getting a call from those two jokers in the morning to wake you up out of bed was uh, alarming, to say the least. No pun intended. But uh, it was a fun time. And, yeah, Corm was one of the first guys I ever I ever got a chance to meet in my days back at Vermont. Now, remind me of the years you were here. Did you get to call an America East title game like we're getting ready here for in the next uh, 90 minutes? Yeah, and, and so I, but I never called a win. It was Albany that kept standing in the way. And uh, yeah. the, the Great Danes, that was, uh, yeah, the Will Brown years. We had some some real heartbreak the years. I never, so I never got to call a tournament game for, for UVM. I got there the year after the TJ Sorrentine three-pointer that beat Syracuse and so that was the 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 Taylor Coppenrath year and so I I didn't get a chance to be a part of that and actually it was the year before Brennan retired so so that was uh yeah right before then so so I was there for the first year of Michael Lonergan and I was with him for three years at UVM it's yeah, it's crazy on the timing because um you talk about Albany being the team that stood in the way I grew up in Albany and uh, so I think you got to be talking about like the year that Albany almost beat Connecticut in the NCAA yeah, tournament as the 16 so. seed. And then they got beat the next year by by Virginia, maybe if I'm remembering correctly, um, yeah. actually. And that yeah. was, well, let's see. No, I never did a game against them when I was at Virginia. So Virginia, while it may so maybe actually. Yeah, I think Albany was in it back to back like 06, 07. Yes. Yeah, that, that sounds right. And then I think Virginia ended up losing to Tennessee that year. But that was before I was at Virginia. Yeah. So, so all the, you know, it's funny. I'm, I'm, I'm lucky enough to be able to say that I've, I've called a, a, a lot of NCAA tournament games. And so it's sort of weird. This is the first year I have not been involved in March Madness in going back 20 years. I mean, it's it's been a minute because even before I was at Vermont, uh, I was with Sam Houston State when they made their first. They punched their ticket to the tournament for the first time. And then coming so close in, in knowing what these tournaments mean. And, and, you know, like anyone who has not been around mid-major basketball, when you have a one-bid league and it is everything to get to that tournament. Because, you know, obviously I've experienced the, the highs of winning the whole thing, which is not drastically different from punching your ticket for the first time as a program to go to the tournament. Yeah. 
And that's what makes the thing so special. I mean, it is so layered and it has such a wide array of teams. To me, for my money, it is the greatest sporting spectacle on earth. Well, as UVM fans and as you as a former Virginia broadcaster, we have uh, a common enemy in UMBC who is the opponent for today's game. So the uh, oh, the, the cat- Terriers, oh, yeah. the Retrievers, excuse me. Re- retrievers. Catamounts were beaten that same year that UMBC pulled off the upset over Virginia, the greatest upset in college basketball tournament history. Uh, they had beaten UVM on their home floor here at Patrick Gym. Jarris Lyles. In a dramatic fashion, right? Like it yeah. was, I remember, because I remember I had texted John Becker, I had said, boy, I'm so sorry for you, not knowing that I was about to probably receive the same text from everybody in the same way one week later as, as a Virginia broadcaster when they beat the, the Hoos. Yeah, it's, it's, it is kind of wild how this all ties together. Jarris Lyles hit the shot against UVM here at Patrick Jim with you know just you know a, a less than a second to go, and then they go on, yeah, and beat Virginia. I have asked you before, but never on this outlet, so let me ask you the question you've been asked 10,000 times. What was it like to call the greatest upset and and be on the losing side of it? I imagine like as a broadcaster, you want that moment, but when you're working for a team, you don't mm. you, you can't go all out for it. No, no, you, you don't want that moment when it's the team that you're calling for. It was really hard. I mean, I won't lie. I, so I'll say this. Virginia had flirted with it previously. Uh, you know, for whatever reason, as good as those Cavalier teams were in the time that I was there under Tony Bennett, first rounds were not a – they were often a very tense, fretful uh, existence going through that tournament. And and so they had almost lost previously as a one seed. And I think – I'm trying to – I think it might have been UNC Wilmington. I can't remember if – it starts to bleed together because there were a number of them. But yeah. they were down, I think, by eight points at halftime as a one seed previously. And then they came back and won and, and you know, I think made it to the Sweet 16 that year or something like that. Um, but anyway, I, I had been through that before. And it, and it is a different sensation as a one seed. And I can only imagine for a player – uh, what that's like to be out there in that setting where where you're on the cusp of potentially being the laughing stock in in a and also a, a historical manner, the a team that'll never be forgotten for that reason. Unless if see, and, and that was the great thing about it was that as bad as that moment was, and you hate it because you you hurt for the people that you work with too. Yeah. I think people don't realize that that like. You know, this is not just about wins and losses. It's just not a game. It's about, you know, these are careers. I mean, this is Tony Bennett's legacy, a guy who I hold in the highest esteem of just about anybody I've worked with. And, you know, to see what they had done, everything they had worked for, and to see them become a punchline as a result of that game was really hard. And it's hard to watch because you, you you do. You believe with the teams. You get to know them, particularly in that case, I was working with a really special group of people. And, and that was hard. But you know, the, the only way you could turn it, and, and to me, it's, it is it it is one of the greatest stories in the history of sports, the fact that you can go from that low to the pinnacle the next year. And, yeah. and I'm telling you, it, it really is uh, uh, an analogy to life uh, that sometimes those scars you wear, they make you who you are, and, and they enrich the story in the bigger picture. And, and I just don't think, look, winning a national title is amazing. But it's made that much more amazing when it's on the heels of losing to a 16 seed the year before. So, yeah, anyway, not to go too far down Virginia's uh, rabbit hole here, but that was an amazing run. And you're right, the, the tie that binds was UMBC as uh, yep. the retrievers who we see coming up here in this game today. And then, of course, uh, you know, again, it's what makes March Madness so fun. 
We're talking with Dave Kane, former UVM broadcaster, former Virginia broadcaster, now the voice of the Milwaukee Bucks. He's here with us on a special Saturday morning edition of the Brady Farkas Show, getting ready for uh, UVM and UMBC in the American East Conference title game. Six out of seven years in a row, or six out of seven years, rather, for the Catamounts to be in this game, looking to punch their ticket to the NCAA tournament. For you as a broadcaster, what was it like to call a national championship win? Yeah, it was just magical. I mean, I, I I don't care what happens in the rest of my career. I will never have a story like that to tell again. I just don't – I can't envision a better setting. Look, if, if the Milwaukee Bucks win the world title this year, even if it's in seven games, I just don't know how you top that, given, given the backdrop that was behind it and the way they won those games. I mean, all three of those games from the – uh, the Elite Eight to the Final Four to the National Championship game were decided either in overtime or in the last second. I mean, it was just unbelievable. I mean, it was it's so, you know, look, is what we do. We are storytellers. And, and to have a story like that provided was just amazing. And, and, and given everything they've been through, you know, it, it was a moment I'll never forget and something I'll forever be grateful for the opportunity to have been a part of. But uh, yeah, it, it was amazing. You know, you've got uh, you've got uh, you've been very generous with your time. Let me ask you an NBA question here before I get out. Maybe two, actually. What's it like to call Giannis's games on a mm. nightly basis? Yeah, I'm, I'm going to use the over overused adjective here, but amazing. I mean, like, and it's it's the more you do it, the more you get a sense of appreciation. So this is obviously my first time going through an NBA season, and it is different. The volume of games is the one thing that truly stands out. You know, when you do a college game. We're sitting at game 30 this year, and I'm saying, I'm looking at the schedule. I'm like, we're not even a third of the way done here. You know, and that's when you'd be wrapping up in a college season. So you realize that it is about scaling back a little bit, particularly for a team that's where, where the Bucks are right now, defending a, a championship with a lot of veterans who have been through this, and also a team that has been a high seed, a one seed twice before and didn't even make it to the final. So they've kind of learned – I think, how to pace themselves. It's a marathon. And even as a broadcaster, it's a marathon. So, you know, but you you realize the the challenge that these guys are faced with. But watching Giannis play on a, on a day-in, day-out basis, you're seeing them now start to ratchet things up in March. And that's kind of fun to watch as you get closer to the playoffs. But this guy, as amazing as he is in so many different things, uh, because obviously his skill set is unmatched, but his, his fortitude and his ability to just continue to push the pedal to the metal, he does not – he's relentless. I mean, he is totally relentless. And the things that he's able to do physically are amazing, but then he backs it up with this incredible work ethic. And it, you just realize you're watching greatness on a night-to-night basis, a guy who is at the prime of his career going into the prime. He's already a two-time MVP. And it, it, uh, it it's hard to describe what you see, and, and it's different in person. I mean, I, you hear it sometimes with him, but it really is. You just see how he can completely take a game over in, in all facets. But, uh, you know, I, I watched – it was fun. So earlier this week, they were playing against the Atlanta Hawks. Yeah. And I saw him go against a guy that I know well, DeAndre Hunter, who was with those yeah. Virginia national championship teams, one of the best defenders there is. And he got matched up with Giannis on the baseline. And when I tell you Giannis made a meal of DeAndre Hunter, I am not exaggerating. It was just – it was one dude's just better than the other. And he's a generational talent. And, uh, yeah, it, it's amazing. And it's it's really, really a privilege to be able to, to, to call his games on a – on a nightly basis. I was watching that game for a bit because Kevin Herter, who plays for the Hawks, was actually my brother's high school teammate. They were in the uh, starting lineup together at, uh, in upstate New York. So I'll end you on this. Celtics are red hot. Is anybody, and Jason Tatum is red hot. Is anybody in Milwaukee starting to look back at the standings, standings a little bit? Anybody in the East getting worried about the Celtics right now? 
Well, I can't speak for other people, but I've been worried about the Celtics from day one. Uh, yeah. The way they play, I, I've said this. I've got a good friend who's a big Celtics fan, and, I, and I've said to him, they are a match. To me, I think they're a matchup problem for the Bucs if they do run into the Bucs. But, you know, look, again, when they played the Celtics, it was a different time of the season. And I'm learning that there are different gears for this Bucks team. And I don't think they were in high gear at that point. So that's why it's kind of fun to see as a, as a rookie NBA broadcaster to see how this develops as it goes. But I'll say this about the Celtics. They play defense in a way that is going to, in my opinion, lend itself to the playoffs. I, I just think that physicality they play with, when when the when the game changes, you better be able to play that brand of basketball. The Bucs have not been playing as good a defense as, as the Celtics have this season. In fact, they've taken a step back. Now, however, Brooke Lopez is supposed to be coming back anytime now. So I think that changes things defensively for the Bucs. But but I, I think if you're if you're a Celtics fan, you got to be encouraged about the fact that these guys and this is the other thing, they're not afraid to foul. And so if you're not afraid to just foul, you know there's a limit to the number of fouls that an official is going to call in a game. You just keep coming at Giannis. It can make it hard for him. Mm. So I don't really love the idea of seeing the, the Celtics come playoff time. Of course, there's a lot of teams in the Eastern Conference you look at. You, it's going to be a wild ride because there, there are no easy outs this year in the Eastern Conference. It's going to be a lot of fun in the NBA season. It's going to be a lot of fun here about a little over an hour from now. UVM men's basketball, America's title game against UMBC. Catamounts looking to still get revenge on the uh, Jerry Slyles-led team from a couple of years ago. Dave Kane, former Catamount broadcaster uh, and uh, current Bucks broadcaster with us now. So, Dave, thanks so much for the time. Appreciate it. All right, Brady. Glad to join you and go go Catamounts. I'm looking forward to get, get some revenge for all of us, all right? 